podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. championship title winners Leeds United I have a massive grin on my face I am so happy I think it's finally starting to sink in I think we, yeah it's weird isn't it what a few days it's been it's been an absolute whirlwind so much stuff is happening in the Leeds United community and uh, it's really hard to keep tabs on it and I think you've got to somehow just stay in the moment haven't you and just look forward to the football and look forward to Liam Cooper lifting a trophy tonight which is crazy it's it is it's crazy the crazy thing is we sat for so long not knowing whether football was coming back or not and then we've just absolutely i'm gonna say romped it but we've we've uh we've just stormed through these games we've had them foreshored it haven't we we've foreshored our way through but it seems that we've they seem to have flown by when the games are twice a week it's just really flown by and but i don't think it'll be too long uh really before football's back to be fair though my wife's in the room and she won't like me saying that, so uh, hopefully she wasn't <laughs> listening. Football, um, when you look at it, when you when you finish as champions, wow, that's nice to say, isn't it? You realise how stressful it actually is when you're fighting for something. You know, all those years of mediocrity where you just sort of stop caring by March, but it's actually really stressful when, you, <laughs> when you're playing for something. And, and the table, obviously, it shows there's quite um, a few points between us and second place but it doesn't tell the whole story you know that's only up until a few games ago and it has been a stressful journey but it does make you even more grateful for it yeah i mean imagine that we're sitting now uh, just over 10 minutes from kickoff imagine how those west brom and brentford fans are feeling oh yeah i'm so glad to be not in their position or how the charlton fans are feeling oh yeah we've had so much of it over the years haven't we so what's our record like against Charlton? 125, drawn 11 and lost 20. The away fixture was the 1-0 defeat earlier on in the season when Charlton had been looking like pacers, really. It was a frustrating afternoon. Paul, you had a nice time down in London, but the, the football was uh, was bad. Yeah, I had to pretend it was a nicer time than it was because we were doing. I was doing that thing where uh, we had a really nice day, to be fair, but the football threatened to totally ruin it. Yeah, it tends to do that with Leeds. Well, not anymore. No, it's been quite good for the last week. What's gone on? So we became champions, but as part of that, we uh, we lost a soldier, didn't we? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a laugh when Tom Lawrence went down and uh, looked like he was stupidly injured, but then uh, it's not as funny when Berardi does it, is it? No, he's such a good servant of the club. You forget how long he's been here and... You know, he was he was here when the club was in absolute tatters, really, and he's he's take he's been part of the journey from rags to riches, if you like. And you know, for him to agree to extend his contract when he could have easily just cancelled it and gone and played for someone else, you know, extending it for that thirty days or whatever it was, and then to be out injured for nine months with no assurances is is sad. And and you hope that the club um, see him right, really. Well, our visitors tonight have at least one player, don't they, who uh, refused to play because they didn't want to pick up an injury and risk not getting that next big money contract. So it's um, it's. I would say it's it's leads that, isn't it? Which is yeah. basically Sod's Law that the one player who was out of contract is the one who in a meaningless game picks up a potentially career threatening injury. And it shows you the scale of mindsets in football and what a good place we're in at the moment. You know, Bielsa, Radrizani and Victor Orta and Angus Kinnear and the whole club have built this mentality around um Billy Bremner's mantra of side before self. You know, they're all people that want to play for the club. And that's something to be really proud of. You know, when there's so much money in football at the moment, you know, you look at Calvin Phillips and he's taken a, he took a reduced salary of what he could have got, you know, moving to Villa because he wants to be at the club. And it's just amazing. And you hope that that, that lives forever, really. 
So, yeah, other things that happened this week. There's a massive party in Millennium Square. We've avoided it all, haven't we? We've been, we've been good boys. Yeah, we, I, I completely, fully understand the pull and the draw and the temptation, um, probably even more so having seen the crowds. Well, we did it the other day on WhatsApp, didn't we? we between us, we were like, should we go to Leeds? Should we go to Holland Rams? Come on, that'd be good like We definitely got caught up in it, and I think we've, you know, we've made the right decision. It'll be weird being at home, but equally, it's kind of the norm now. Well, that's true. I would have taken promotion if it meant that I have to watch on the telly as we lift the trophy. Sorry, there's been loads of lovely things that we've read this week about Bielsa and people within the club, and and it's yeah. it's it's so nice. Like you forget what it's like when we're truly united because things have been so grey and dark for a long time. But everyone is on the same page and everyone is happy at the moment, and it's 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 so nice. He's been baking cakes, hasn't he, for the staff, the ground staff? Yeah, he's, he's bloody lovely, isn't he? I just want to cuddle him when it's safe to do so. I mean, he's been so uber-focused on the ob- the objective for two years that watching him let his guard down and just show how much of a lovely man he is is absolutely uh, heartwarming. We also got a new sponsor this week, No More Kappa, a new, a new era, a new five-year era with uh, Adidas. Yeah, it's another one where it's a sign of intent, isn't it? It's a sign of we we kind of knew it was coming, um, but I just feel that the club has doubled in size in the last few days. It's just the magnitude of this and and potential of this club is just being starting to be realised by outsiders. But from our point of view, we've always known it's it's got that capability because we saw it, didn't we, in the in the nineties. But it's crazy how fast it's all clicking back into place. It did, I, you don't know, dear, whether it's because we're, our focus is on Leeds United every day, whether it was the same for Sheffield United and Norwich when they went up. But it just can't have been. There's, there's not the sort of scale and support that Leeds United has. And I think that's why everyone, although they dislike us, they really want us back in the in the Premier League. The, the great sort of sporting battles over the years have always been through people having enemies and you need your enemies there. For it to be good, we've also been linked with, by Radrazani with uh, Cavani. Angus had been on saying that he wants to focus on the cream of the championship, which is uh, then people start talking about players like Ben Rama. But e- equally, they've, there's there's quite a lot of football still to go in the championship this season, so we don't know who will be a championship player or who won't be. No, that's exactly it. And uh, I guess on top of all that, it's just nice to be. Um, in the frame for pillaging championship clubs rather than it being the other way around. That, well, that is exactly true. And it's weird. And uh, there might be a bit of it that we're saying a lot of that just because it's, it's how it's turned to be able to do it. don't know if you've read Angus Kinnear's uh, programme notes from today, but uh, he was uh, very eloquent as always and, and really, really gracious about everything. Paid tribute to, to everyone and, and Radrizani as well because... Radrazani has also had a lot of stick um, because he understands the importance of PR and uses it, but he's done a good job. Like he set out with a with a proper vision, and a lot of owners haven't had a vision that they've shared with everyone. It's very much been about lining their pockets, and you know, fair play to him. He's he's done it. You know, we'll be forever grateful for it. He went on to three pages today. Did Angus? It was uh, he had a lot to say and a lot of thank yous to give out. He's humble as always as well, though. He started with a joke about winning the uh, CEO program note to the year award. But it, it was, a, it was, it's great that they could turn it around that fast, isn't it? That you get those program notes through on a Wednesday when it all happened on Sunday. Yeah, it's brilliant. An exciting buzz about the future. And it's, it is the future. We've got, we do have to enjoy the here and now, but it's, it's all like the transfer window opens in, in a few days and it's going to be massive. There is a game in four minutes. There is a game in four minutes. So let's get a, a move on. So plans for the game. Andy and uh, Matt, they're watching the game, but, you know, commitments with family and that kind of thing. And I think Matt's watching it with his granddad, which is lovely. And I think that's a really nice thing to do. And, and Andy's uh, got the kids. Can't stop singing champions. Can't stop singing we are the champions. Championes, championes, ole, 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 you name it. Absolutely gutted that I'm not watching it with the guys tonight. I'm on daddy duty. I've had a mental week on, especially after all the celebrations, how much fun we've had. More celebrations tonight. It's just a shame that we're not in the ground to see it happen. I wish I was with you guys celebrating there. Oh, there's a child. 
watching Captain Coops lifting that trophy. I don't think there's anybody more fitting and deserving to lift it after all the stick he's had and the way he's grown. So proud of the boys. Fancy a cheeky victory tonight. Strong team lineup. I'm going to go 3-0. All this talk of uh, who we're going to sign and that. I think the boys who've done it deserve a crack and tonight's a good time to remind us all why they're so good and why they'll cut it. So, so 3-0 Leeds United. Come on. Last ever game in the Championship. So Andy thinks it's going to be 3-0 for the last game in the championship. He's a confident young man. And let's rush through this because, um, yeah, we are very close to kickoff and I want to watch football. So, Matt, here's what Matt has to say. Right, here we go then. Our last ever championship game. It's a moment we've all been waiting for for the last 16 years. I'm going to be watching it with my granddad. Um, so it'll be nice to watch the trophy lift with him and think about the fact we won't be playing teams like Charlton next season. Obviously, it's fitting that Charlton was our last home game in the Premier League and will be our last home game in the Championship as well. My prediction tonight is a hard-fought 2-1 win and I think that goes hand-in-hand with a hard-fought Championship victory over the course of nearly a year. It's only about two weeks away and it'll be a year since we started the season at Bristol. It's been amazing that we've got this far and uh, my word is trophy because that's what it's all about tonight. See you on the post-match. So basically, team news is in and he's, and as promised in the programme, he's reverted back to his first choice team. Well, I think he, he unlike uh, Arsenal last night, believe in the spirit of the competition. We didn't make six changes. We had to make six changes on Sunday because they were all uh, half cut. Um, but back to the first team now. And uh, I think that's fair game. Uh, been on the Charlton Life Forum. What I will say about the Charlton Life Forum, and I knew this from earlier in the season, is that he does one hell of a rundown of the uh, opposition's team. But his fun fact was that he was born at the exact minute that Tony Eboa scored the goal against Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> so that made me feel very old because he is a very eloquent writer. But what what is actually amazing about that is the power of Tony Eboa's uh, shot actually forced a, a woman to give birth. That is true, perfectly true. Um, but they basically they they're back and forth. A lot of people terrified of going down. A lot of people praising the job that Lee Bowie's done there this season. And one gentleman basically said that trouble is the result on the pitch is a trivial part of the nauseating horror show that is now masquerading as the championship. Which there is a horrific legal battle going on around the bottom of the championship. And no matter what happens tonight relegation isn't going to be settled because it's going to be settled in the courtroom. Joe Bedford has says that she doubts anyone's interested in the referee. But, We're uh, interested. Yeah. Well, it's Jeff Eltringham, and he refed us once this season our home win against QPR, which he did a great job because she couldn't make out which teams were playing as which because of the kits. Oh, yeah, uh, that was shocking. His lead stats is that we've won 16 games, uh, played 16, won nine, drawn one and lost six. So pretty balanced. Charlton don't do that well when he's refing them. So what's your prediction, James? Well, Charlton was tough first time round. I don't think it'd be any different this. And um, I'm going to say two all. Let's say two all. A draw. We've won too many recently. Let's give them a point. I'm going to say two nil leads. I think we're we're going to do it tonight. Confident that uh, we're going to get the job done and get over the line. And my final word, what's your final word? My final word is enjoy. Enjoy it. It's the last game of the season. Yeah, so many times it's not mattered. Oh, we've just fallen short. Last year was was heartbreaking at this point. And just enjoy it. I'm looking forward to them lifting the trophy. It's going to be ridiculous. I can't remember it happening in my lifetime. I was too young to, to remember. So... I'm going to soak this up. Well, that's it as well. I have I have no... That's part of the reason I'm good that I'm not going down because I have absolutely no recollection of, of Leeds United lifting a trophy. And I've watched so, so many other teams do it across the years. I don't know why we're rushing because they're going to be at least two or three minutes behind, aren't they? Just remembered that. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's 7.31 because uh, they're just coming out now. So, uh, what did I even say a word there? No, he didn't say a word. Go on, have a go. Champions. I'm going to stick with that just because it's so absolutely wonderful and I want to be able to say it as many times as possible. Let's see how the champions get on tonight and we're going to lift that trophy. And we'll be back at some point after this to uh, probably just grin our way through a load of nonsense. (laughs) Too right. Right, they've kicked off on my stream, Paul. See you later. Me too. Enjoy the game. See See you later. later.
the man who had the foresight with his staff to bring in Marcelo Bielsa. And this evening at Ellen Road, Liam Cooper will join that list and he will shortly be lifting the championship title 2019-2020. Marcelo Bielsa, what a job he has done. His last trophy, the Olympic gold medal won by Argentina in 2004, the same year that Leeds United were leaving the Premier League. Well, Leeds United are now going back to the Premier League. The job is done. Leeds United have done it. Champions. We're talking 24 hours after it's all finished. And I have put on, again, Matthew went like this, but I recorded the celebrations on Sky and I've put them on now to feel like I'm back in the moment when they're lifting their trophy. It was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? It was, and it was quite unique as well because like, I keep saying this in every podcast, but it's July. So it was like watching us win the World Cup. Yeah, it's weird to think that football's going to start back up very soon. There's not going to be much time for us to soak it all in. So I'm kind of glad we've had the 24-hour break, to be honest, because it's just been a whirlwind. It's all a bit like the Christmas of football. We waited for months for, like, people were clamouring onto the tiniest bit of news or the or statistic that you could when we were in lockdown. There was nothing for weeks. It was completely dead silent. And then today, it's just everything all at once. All the stats compiled, all the videos, there's something news everywhere. And then the next few weeks, we've got this condensed pre like, well, pre-closed season, pre-season transfers, fixtures coming out. It's crazy. Do you know what the best stat is that has come out of uh, yesterday? Go on. We've won the league on PPG. <laughs> and Quite comfortably as it turned out. Yeah, we've gone over two points per game, which is brilliant. Well, I think that obviously the Cardiff game was a was a false dawn and, and maybe looking back, if you ask Marcelo, I'd, he may say that we ought to have had a a couple of fixtures like other teams did. However, since then, it's just been phenomenal. In the last yeah, 10 games, been... lost one and drawn one. That's it. The rest of them were all wins. I don't think we could have ever predicted that. You know, Adam Forshaw did. Well, he did, yeah. Adam predicted it very well indeed. And uh, yeah, he got a lot of stick for that at the time though, didn't he? Yeah, he deserves uh, all the credit now though. It's yeah. been used very liberally all over the place. Patrick Bamford was being asked about in his post-match in- interview last night about what he thought about the comments again. Um, he was also asked quite funnily how the players have managed to put in those two performances after being uh, on the lash since Friday. We've looked we've looked brilliant in the two games since we started drinking, so maybe that's something we need to think about for next year. I don't think we're going to get back that one past the gaffer, but I'm sure plenty will suggest it. We've looked very comfortable and relaxed. Almost like a bit of beer takes the edge off. I think a bit of promotion takes the edge off. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely promotion. They've got nothing to fear anymore, have they? And you'd hope they carry that fearlessness into into the Premier League as well, because they look such a good side, like unstoppable when they're just playing football for the sheer joy of it and there's been times where we've watched it and it hasn't been joyful at all it's been bloody stressful get rid of that stress get rid of that pressure have fun and we look like a, an awesome side and if we get a couple of signings to to strengthen it then we could have a good season so a post-match chart and we should talk a little bit about the game even though it didn't really matter it was a bloody good performance wasn't it it was brilliant it was absolute class. We scored all four goals were absolutely brilliant. We feel like we've been waiting for this moment. You know, you think how many goals we've scored in the last few games. It's felt like that for two years that we were always going to hit a point where we were just going to win and score a lot. And it's come at such a crucial time. The last nine games after lockdown have just been phenomenal. The start of it was shaky and and we were all nervous, but... Yeah, they've they've hit it right at the sweet spot. So let's ask some of the controversial questions then. Do you think that the break helped us? Do you think that we would have been able to deliver that performance if the games had carried on as they were meant to in March? I think we would have beaten Cardiff, but I'm not sure if we would have sustained the run across the rest of the games. But what about the fans in the stadiums? Has that lifted the pressure? Because we've had some pretty impressive wins and performances without us being there. 
I don't know. We'll never know the answer. Or we, we won't. I mean, it crossed my mind. I was talking to my wife earlier, not that she cares, um, about it, saying, you know, I wonder if it did affect them, you know, not having the, the crowd um, putting that pressure on them. And we will never know, but it must have played a part in it in some way. They only have their own momentum that's been screamed at from the touchline by all the coaching staff to, to follow. You know, they don't have the draws of breath and size from the crowd to, to you know, rush up the field, do things quicker. They could just do things at their own pace. And One thing I do think has happened without the crowds there is that it seems to have calmed the referees down quite a lot. And I don't know if I'm just imagining it because I don't tend to watch that many games on TV. So maybe you get a different perspective on the referee, but the games that we've seen, I don't feel like there's been many cards handed out. I don't feel like there's been many terrible decisions. Would you agree with that? Although last night there was a clear handball and then our players all appealed for it and they ran up the field the other end and you thought, here we go. But he somehow... Yeah, uh, how did he miss that? Yeah, no idea. So you said, Paul, that we had four outstanding goals. Which one was your favourite? Well, ben White's finish was amazing and and it's one of those where they never go in but at the moment you go there's no doubt in your mind that that's going in pablo's pass was ridiculous as was Stuart dallas's finish my my definite least favorite but honorable mention is for scoring a header from a corner and then the last goal was just kind of maybe a little glimpse of the future with the uh, strike pervader shackleton like the pace and the quality was just like, oh. I read a stat and I can't remember who it was who said it, so I can't credit them, so apologies. But if it was you, this is a great stat. That it was the first time we'd scored a goal where the assist and the goal were both by players under 21 since 2009. That is a great stat. What sort of Excel spreadsheet have they got? That's ridiculous. That's exactly what came into my mind. What database do you need to search that? You have to put a lot of filters on to get that, don't you? There's some serious uh, formula right in there. V looking my- No, you have to go scorer, age, assist, age, filter, must be under 21. Boom. Easy. I think my favourite was the Pablo nutmeg to Dallas and then tucking it away. That was the one that got me off my seat. It was such a cool finish, wasn't it? That that was such a good goal because the, the running and movement off the ball was just ridiculous. Like, Charlton just stood still. They didn't know what to do. My favourite, I think, was was Ben White. I predicted last week that he was going to score in the uh, Barnsley game and uh, I should have predicted for this one. He yeah, it was an absolute bullet. I was very pleased for him. Yeah, we've had two debut goals in the two games since we became champions. I was hoping that Pervader or Stroke might, uh, might get in on the act as well. Stroke had a... Really good game again. Yeah, he didn't look out of place at all, did he? I mean, Calvin Phillips is going to struggle to get back in when we uh, hit the Premier League. I just felt disappointed that we... I didn't... Not that much disappointed, but I felt it was one of them games where we could have absolutely routed them. So maybe it was just purely the uh, the alcohol in the legs that kept it to four rather than eight. I'm telling you, it's the Bielsa way to tell them to, to not go too mental. I don't know. We were still peppering them with shots. Don't humiliate them. I think this might lead you into one of the things that you're going to not be quite as positive about. But when you mentioned Stuart Dallas there, I think you should have said players player of the year, Stuart Dallas. Yeah, what's that about, Leeds? Has anybody got their picture of their crowdie in the stand yet? Nope. And did you get an invite to the player of the year awards tonight? Must be a bit busy. Mind you, you can't believe anything that comes out of the club at the moment, can you? Ice. Cold as ice, that, Matt. Stay at home save lives we've got to say this haven't we because everyone's it's blown up on twitter about this today and obviously we joined with the lufc trust and various other legion united podcasts to say you know stay at home there was even a point yesterday where me and paul were toying with going to ellen road we've been we've been part of a campaign and there's a pandemic on exactly that's why we were part of the campaign <laughs> obviously we weren't going to go and the club decided for whatever reason that they should uh, have a bus outside the ground and reward play. the people who uh, decided to to gather the rumor is that it's all all for the uh, amazon documentary so that they got some good footage of the of them lifting the trophy in front of some fans there's plenty of good the, footage on the pitch though aren't 
There was. And I think the problem with that is that it's just any fans. That It's that attitude. It's like, we just need fans. It doesn't matter which fans. Have the ones that don't care about c- catching coronavirus, they'll, they'll do. It's felt like all of a sudden, you know, we don't we don't want to be bitter and dwell on this at all because it's such a good time. But, you know, the fact that the Player of the Year awards were tonight, there's already been announced who's, who's won it. And as part of our season ticket rebate, we were going to get to see that. And, and we haven't. We just found out on Twitter. So it feels like there's a little bit of bitterness because we feel like we've all of a sudden been forgotten. Now the cash is flowing in. I'll sod all those ones who've been uh, paying the money the last 16 years. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. It feels like the club has just changed overnight, got promoted, were champions. Totally different proposition now. But I think it just rubs salt into the wound to the fact that we weren't in the stadium, doesn't it? That's the that's what yeah. we're really gutted about. Definitely. And that's the that's the thing, isn't it? That the reason that we were playing behind closed doors was because there's a pandemic. So, you know, if it's not safe to have massive groups of fans in the stadium, it's not safe to have massive groups of fans outside the stadium either. But Well, to be fair to the club, they've uh, managed to arrange the Player of the Year awards secretly, so no fans turned up for that. And then allow one someone to accidentally stream ten minutes of it on Instagram. I would have watched it. Yeah, well, clearly that's why they haven't put it on live because they didn't want people congregating outside the outside the uh, ground. But they could have just done it in a secret underground bunker, not the pavilion, and then uh, no one would have turned up. It's true. That is another way to get around it. Don't just do it at the only venue that you always use. What you had a new to- sign in today as well. His voice is so deep, isn't it? Have you heard it in interviews? You remember that keeper, that young keeper in lockdown who was playing, he was training with himself by kicking the ball against the wall and then saving it as it came back to him. Meslier, or Melier, as we are supposed to call him, sent a video message inviting him up to train with him at Thorpe Arch. And at that point, you thought, he does not sound 18. Yeah, he feels like he should be on some sort of soul record, doesn't he? So, Matthew, you went and watched the celebrations with, with your granddad. What, what was that like? It was good. You know, he remembers every single time we've lifted that particular trophy. So it was nothing new to him, but he's been watching Leeds United on the TV for years and years and years, hoping that we'd get back to the Premier League. I think partly because the coverage will be better when we, when we get up there. No, he was he was delighted. He was really pleased and he was particularly pleased with the performance as well because he likes good football and getting it on the deck and playing it around and being positive. And that's exactly what we were last night, isn't it? Yeah, it'll have been chuffed with that performance. LUFC Data has put together his uh, championship winning season in numbers uh, tweet that we've retweeted. It is basically a list of almost every possible metric you could want to measure, and we're first in it. It, Yeah, we, we even got the goal difference on par with Brentford, which you never would have predicted a few weeks ago. No, and, and that's something that I'm chuffed with because technically that I know we, we stuffed them on points, but it means that we uh, we beat them on the head-to-head record if you would have gone to goal difference. Man, they bottled it. Oh yeah, one of the good things that came out of last night was that Charlton were the last club that could have done the double over us, so we put that to bed pretty emphatically. We did, and it doesn't make up for losing in September, but it was it September or October. I think it was October, but it feels like uh, feels like another century, to be honest. Well, given that, what did Bryn say that the Bristol game is uh, in in twelve days? It'll be the uh, anniversary of the first day of the season. It feels like forever ago. That's something else that I've come to realise. But the delay in the football season has really completely skewed the rest of my life and how I judge time and the calen- the yearly calendar. Because everybody at work is starting to go on their summer holidays, and I'm like, well, the season's only just finished. This is this is nonsense. It gives you a very narrow window, Matthew, in terms of when you normally have your holidays. It does, but until we're allowed back in the stadium, I can go on holiday when I like. That is a fair point. Something else that we should do about the game? Man of the match? Yeah, the Ben White Man of the Match award goes to Ben White. It's not a very long segment, this, is it? If that was his last performance for Leeds, it was a hell of a way to sign off. And if we're not able to secure his signature in whatever format that is for next season, we will be forever grateful to Ben White for the contribution that he has made this year. But like, there cannot be anybody who said that, like, even Ben White uh, included <laughs> in his in his acceptance speech for Young Player of the Year award tonight that, he said he expected to be a bit player to an extent. He didn't, he didn't, couldn't have dreamt that he would have had the contribution that he's made playing every single game. Been amazing. 
we've been we've been very lucky to have him. So lucky. Yeah, he's been fantastic, and against all the odds, he's been an upgrade on uh, on Pontus Janssen, which you wouldn't have expected when it was announced at the start of last season. But that's where the trust in Bielsa thing comes from, doesn't it? Apparently. Pontus Janssen was sat at the stadium till 11.30 last night and was the last one to leave, sat on the pitch. It's starting to be a bit of a recurring theme, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a bit of tension-seeking, that, isn't it? Back so- on to Ben White, though. Like you say, trust in uh, Bielsa because it was literally a year ago that the fans were in meltdown that we still hadn't signed a proper centre-back. And here we are a year later. Like you say, Paul, football is a, is a cycle and Ben White has just won... Young Player of the Year award. Yeah, it was funny because I remember Bielsa when he was asked about him, he'd always just sort of shrug it off and everyone was just so annoyed. I hope he does stay. I've got a feeling he will. I don't know what it is, but I've got a feeling. Do you think that Ben White is the best loan signing that we've made in our time outside of the Premier League? He has to be in that conversation and probably at the very top of that list. What, so you wouldn't include uh, Pierre-Michel Lasaga? No, probably not. There, there are loan signings that have had huge impacts that have often gone on to be converted into uh, permanent deals. Pablo Hernandez being one of them. Exactly. I like. I always go back to Dougie Friedman. Dougie Friedman, Michael Gray, Kyle Bartley. But there were a lot of the odd central defender who came in and looked really solid, and, and we ended up signing. And but as soon as we signed them, they went to yeah, went to crap. O'Brien, Zalukas, Bamba to some extent. You do, you can't help but be a little bit reflective now. Our our time, our sixteen year spell in the EFL is over for hopefully far more than a year. I reckon Ben White, in terms of pure out and out loan signing, he's probably the number one. I also always thought that when we got into this position, we'd look back and like people for years and years have always gone, who's going to be the Gordon Strachan? Who's going to be the Gordon Strachan? And it's Pablo Hernandez, isn't it? Like without doubt, the impact that he's made on this football team, this football club, given how down he was about it last year. Because sometimes you wonder with footballers when they're earning the decent money. I'm not doubting Pablo's character at all, but some like you don't always see the emotion. He was distraught with it last year. I'm so chuffed for him as a human being that he's been able to experience this moment. And that we'll hopefully be able to see him in the Premier League next season. There was something scrolling through today about the top assists in the Premier League and I was thinking, that'd be beautiful when you can insert like Pablo Hernandez into that list. I'd love it if you can get on there. I find it bizarre that you know, someone who's played at the highest level is so passionate about playing for Leeds and getting from the Championship into the Premier League. I know that sounds a bit harsh, but it's like he played for a Spanish team, played in the Champions League, played at the highest level, yet he's, you know, here he is being very upset about not getting promoted with Leeds and then stays on for another year and works through injuries that are you know, twice as hard to get over than they were 10 years ago for him. And he's just class. I really, really think a lot of him. And like you say, as a human being as well, he comes across as such a a nice guy. And they're the sort of people that you want to stay around the group for a long time because they'll have such an impression on on the younger players, which is just as important. Yeah, we owe owe him a lot, Pablo. Pablo and uh, Marcelo are our Howard and Gordon of the... uh... 2019-2020 season. God and Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I was having this discussion with my dad the other day and he he thinks that there's no way that we could sign a big name player. I know that Cavani's probably a bit of a joke, but my dad's of the opinion that he wouldn't fit in the team because Bielsa just doesn't like big names because they'll uh, disrupt the harmony. But I don't think it is whether they've got a big name. It's about them having the right attitude and Pablo Hernandez has got the right attitude. Like you say, James, he just wanted to win and wanted to do all of the right things to make sure that we won. And he did, and we have, and he lifted the trophy last night and it was what everybody wanted to see happen. I'm so pleased for him. You have to buy into something. You have to be, a, to, to do what we've done, you have to be 100% bought in and committed to that cause. And when that happens, and everybody is, and it all aligns, it's a thing of absolute beauty. It's, yeah. it's something so wonderful to behold and now we can always look back at this season as as its entirety of a almost a calendar year and all the goals we've scored and all the beautiful passing 
and all those moments and just know that it all came together under that vision of that one coach. And I think it goes back to something that we said like at the start of last year. If we'd have known in 2004 that we just needed to invest in a decent coach rather than a ton of mediocre players added together, we could have done this a hell of a lot sooner. Now, especially in the Chilino era where, where managers were just disposable. But I think the interesting thing is, though, that we did try lots of different types of manager mm-hmm. and all of them were useless. I mean, I remember when we signed Warnock and a lot of people hate Warnock and rightly so, but when we signed him, you felt like, right, finally we've realised we just need a manager who knows what he's doing, who knows how to get us out of this division and we'll come in and do it. He nearly got us relegated. So Leads there's some, that. <laughs> there's something about um, Leeds that Bielsa has been able to completely override I think what Paul was saying is absolutely right. It's the, the reason we've been successful is because everybody at the club has bought into it and worked hard to make it happen. And that was, it sounds simple, but that was all it took. And the reason we've been able to view it so obviously is because we've seen so many players and managers who haven't bought into it, who couldn't care less, who were just turning up at the games, seeing, seeing how they felt that day. And uh, we were going nowhere and it's, it's frustrating it's taken 16 years but thank god we've done it now and this is definitely a conversation for another day that we can go into in a lot more depth but you could look at almost all of those managers and look at some of their attributes and think that they were incredibly strong in certain areas but what marcelo's had is putting that all together and i honestly now i i thought we were cursed i thought we were genuinely cursed and that i didn't think that we were capable of getting out of this division for whether it was the the weight of the pressure or the ownership or all those things and that's what i mean about the stars aligning i don't think a single other person other than marcelo bielsa could have done this like the the, the list must be very few because we have tried so many combinations t- to crack this yeah, and ironically, one of the ways that Bielsa has had this success is by being bigger than the club in some respects. We we often use the phrase, nobody is bigger than the club, but Bielsa has come in and said, look, I'm Marcelo Bielsa, I know how to get you out of this, so you either do it my way or you don't you don't do it mm. and he's he's managed to stamp his authority across the entire club, both those below him in the hierarchy and those above him as well. And everybody's followed it. Like you say, everybody's bought into it and that's how we've managed to do it. And I think Radzer's brought out that line again this week, the whole no one's bigger than the club kind of thing. We're a Premier League thing, so it should actually be an honour for Marcelo Bielsa to manage Leeds rather than for us to have him here or, or that they both are, are, are an honourable thing. But it it is an honour. It can be an honour for both those things. And I think we all incredibly hopeful that that partnership is something that continues into the next football season. And just going back to Pablo, he won the Fans Player of the Year award, I think, tonight. I voted for Matthias Click. I think he's been the uh, unsung hero of the season. Vastly underrated player, actually. The amount of times that you've seen gifs after a game or video analysis after a game that's shown that click was pulling the strings where you didn't necessarily notice while while the game was in progress uh he's played so many minutes and i think he deserves a bit of recognition although i'm not going to begrudge pablo winning it i think for the third season in a row you're right about mateus click though and you you think of the the turnaround from basically being deported to to holland uh, a couple of seasons ago and and we saw him at the York City friendly at Bootham Crescent and he was just looked like a different player. I know it was they're playing such a lower league say well a non league team. But he looked head and shoulders above everyone else. And yeah, I'm so glad that he that he came back to prove everyone wrong and he's a cool hero, especially now all the, the pictures of him smoking a cigar with a bottle of beer in his training kit, you know, that'll, that'll live on for another 50 years. That picture. I saw something in that player that night at Burnley that Thomas Christensen did not see. Yeah, that is, that is true. This is an Andy thinks that Barnsley are the best team in a division story that go 
but from a couple of seasons ago when Paul decided that Click was one of his favourite players. Badly survived, to be fair, as well. Andy's not here to, to go on about that, but yeah, we'll what? go back to Click now. We haven't even spoken about the uh, other fixtures in the Championship last night. We should probably come back to that. But yes, Matthias Click at Burnley, he had a great game. Yeah, and to, to be fair, I think most people there that night thought it, and then he fell over against Cardiff, fell out with Christiansen and... and it was frustrating that he thought the player had no future at the club and then he's cut to come back in and do what he's done I can completely understand why you would vote for him for player of the season but Click was playing in a totally different position in that Cardiff game he was playing in quite a defensive role mm. and probably if you played him there now he'd be prone to that type of error again it comes back to Bielsa seeing him seeing what role he could or should play and making it happen. I'm a bit gutted the season's finished now. We're talking about all the players again. At least it's not finished for that long, is it? No, but next year is a different proposition altogether. Yeah, it's an exciting one. Every game's a free hit, Matthew. Every game, there's the, the pressure and the expectations not there in the same way. Yeah, until, we, until we're fourth and clinging on to a Champions League spot. Or 16th and trying to stay in the flipping league. Go on then. Last night's fixtures were tense. And it was hilarious. Nottingham Forest uh, thought they'd <laughs> thought that they'd had our pants down back in. I'm gonna say February uh, when the beaters two nil and Luke Aylin did his sad crying interview afterwards. And uh, turns out since then we've uh, drawn two, lost one, and won the rest of them. I was convinced at Forest that our season was going south. And it was probably the worst away. Yeah, it was easily the worst away game of the season. Um, the Forest fans were, to to give them their credit, they were very loud. And it was hard to get any sort of atmosphere going in the Leeds end because it was so noisy. And they just turned to the Leeds end and gave us so much crap about falling apart again. And then for that to happen, I really wish I'd known what was going to happen back then because it would have been <laughs> sweet. It's happened to us enough times, hasn't it? Did you see the tweet someone did of... Uh, Not like that, though, it hasn't. That is that is a bigger implosion than any that we've had. Oh, well, the, someone did a tweet of uh, Leeds handing the uh, baton of being the biggest bottlers in the in the DFL to Forrest. <laughs> but to Forrest, they could have given it to Brentford. They could have given it to West Brom. I mean, West Brom went up, but they, they were bottling they it right left and centre. They tried not to, didn't they? It's they, like almost embarrassing watching their celebrations after the game when you like, oh, you, you you stumbled over the line. Their promotion was similar to ours against Bristol Rovers in uh, t- 2010, in that we'd been so good in the first half of the season and then we just stumbled over the line. Yeah, they were top for a long time this year, weren't they? Yeah. Have you seen the uh, lockdown... Uh, mini season nine game table uh, Leeds are top uh, Brentford was Bre- FC Brent alone were second and West Brom like 11th or 12th right completely maybe even 15th somewhere in that mid table uh, Forest were fourth from bottom Holt no surprise right down there Birmingham didn't win a game it's been an awful run. There were so many poor teams that you couldn't see avoiding relegation, but there were only three places. And, 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 <laughs> and Wigan got docked points. And Wigan got docked points. And there's a couple of teams that are in the dock and could get docked points. So it's like, oh, it's madness. How much of a of an eye are you going to keep on the championship now, Matthew? <laughs> 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 on um, on Friday, I was um, messaging our WhatsApp group saying that, oh, this is our, it's five minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes until we're promoted. And last night, as uh, injury time ticked on, I said to my granddad, I said, well, this is the last minute of championship football I'll ever watch. Did he agree? Well, he, he'll be watch- he watches any game that comes on. It doesn't matter what league it is or who's playing or anything. So no, he, he wouldn't agree on that, but... Yeah, I have absolutely no need or desire to watch anything in the championship. <laughs> it's so good. I'm, there's just so much crap in that league. And, you know, everything you're talking about, all the, the, the points being docked and all that stuff, 
it looks like it's literally falling on its ass as we get out of it, which I'm so grateful for. Well, let's hope that this time next year we've got something to shout about again and that this truly is a new dawn for the football club. I think that Marcelo Bielsa and this lead side have got to be better than three of the clubs in the Premier League next season. I truly hope so. I believe so at this point, but it'll be different when the when the football starts getting kicked again. But I'm 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 chuffed that our little plucky squad of from fifteenth with a few additions are going to go into the Premier League full of confidence. Who do you want to win the playoffs? I I I do. I'm going to stick with Brentford because I genuinely think that. Um, I think having said this in the past, and I'll try and believe it that the third place team probably across the season are the third best team and and deserve it so seeing as how i also want kind of think fulham are, there's a f- they're all a bit rubbish aren't they so like other than brentford so we'll see i think if forest had been in there i'd have been wanting them to go up because you know replacing bournemouth and norwich and watford with Leeds, West Brom and Forest would have been quite the turnaround for the Premier League. But based on the teams that are in there and in the vain hope that we might get back in a stadium at some point next season, I've got to go for Fulham as the best away day of the four. I'd go for Fulham because I think Scott Parker's crap. I'd like to take points off them next season. That too. Well, that was it. He, if you, if you get promoted, it'd be really harsh to sack him. Although... You know, owners are pretty brutal, aren't they? Um, and they're just rubbish. They they are like they could get promoted and still have underachieved this season. Anyways, enough about the rest of them. We need a word for the game. Well, actually, someone called us out on the Instagram for not doing tracking wolves for ages, so we better do that. Tracking wolves, tracking. Anyone who's new to the podcast, because uh, we've had quite a, a, a lot of new listeners over the last few weeks, and thanks for thanks for tuning in. Um, we had this se- we had this section before the pandemic, and before we, uh, I think we what- stopped tracking wolves because we weren't so much tracking them as wondering where the hell they'd gone because they were so far ahead. Yeah, how many points do you think they finished on? I was thinking about this. I've been looking forward to this, the return of this feature, because I think that we must have got closer to them than you would imagine i don't recall that they got over 100 so we must be within seven six or seven points of them so i I don't know what they finished it on but like 97 98 something like that 99 points they finished on so yeah we were within two wins of them yeah two of them rubbish draws the forest and the derby draws of winning no that's not true that's not how maths works is it that's four points it's two defeats yeah, it's, rubbish Millwall it's, cheated one where they sent Berardi off and gave him a penalty early and Naki Wells handball yeah them two that's what all we were away from it and the Ben White penalty at Fulham I got better stop this now because I could probably the Wigan go on all game and the, any of our defeats were a con we should have got all the points it just shows you though how important it is to take points off people that are close to you last season Sheffield coming to Ellen Road and winning that was the turning point, really, in all of it. That was that was the moment. And I think as soon as we beat Fulham at home this year, we all knew deep down that we were going to do this, I think. I'm not sure I did. Maybe deep down. Maybe deep, deep, deep down. Deep down, we knew. Brentford did look worrying for a period of time. The moment I knew we were going to do this was, I think, 30 seconds from the end of... Uh, the Huddersfield game when I thought, the can't score two. The can't score two. <laughs> that was the moment I knew because that would be the moment that Matthew would have stopped saying, there's time to get two. If we score now, get kickoff, win the ball from kickoff, we could get two. But I thought they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And that's when I knew. It was lovely seeing us lift the trophy at Elland Road, wasn't it? Even though we weren't there. It, it was absolutely brilliant. And there's so much to take in. I'll tell you what, if we had been in the stadium, I'd have been pretty annoyed at where they decided to do the presentation if that had, if that had been where they lifted the trophy. Yeah, I'd have yeah, been watching I, the big screen. I, yeah, just, I was overwhelmed with it. It was just absolutely incredible. I still can't believe it now. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel real. It was like watching it's like watching another team. I think if we were going to be picking final words, James used beaming, you've used surreal. There's so many words that like it's gonna be very hard to narrow it down, isn't it? There isn't there isn't one word. There isn't. I can't think of one because it is just well, maybe it maybe it's overwhelming. I think is what it is. You, there's just so much to digest. It's such a huge achievement by the club, by the team, that it's just overwhelming because it's it's changed the course of the city. It you know it's not just the club. It's just massive for the city and the region. It's huge, and you know it, it deserves to be back there. And yeah, I just I just cannot believe it. It's just amazing. So good. So glad to be back until we play a game and get beaten because of VAR. I think all the times down the last 16 years that I've heard the phrase leads of Premier League in all but status or they deserve to be up there or the fans deserve this. I think the fans deserve this may be a fair comment, but all the other things, the deserving thing, now they truly do because they've earned it. They've earned the right to go and play and to go and pit themselves against those other teams. And for us to have that little bit of a, surely we're better than Watford, whoever it is, Crystal Palace, and, and go and have the chance to prove it week in, week out. It ain't helping me pick a word. I'll go for deserving then, because as I say, I've, I've heard people say it so many times, but it's true now. It's 100% true, and they've got a trophy to prove it. I said this earlier, Lee Bowyer and Jonathan Woodgate's trail at the turn of the century going it was the start of the Leeds that movement from that amazing season when we got into qualified for the Champions League and finished third our highest ever finish in the Premier League and Charlton was our last home game in the Premier League and they taunted us as we got relegated or all but mathematically Alan Smith was carried off the pitch by the fans and last night we relegated Charlton and we relegated Lee Bowyer and we ended our period in the EFL and we closed the door on 20 years of Leeds United bullshit and it's time time to start a new chapter so my word is over because all of that is now over and it's time for us to start again and rise like a phoenix from the flames I think that's very poetic I think if our friend Andy was uh, with us right now that makes it sound like he's died he's not died well I think his word would be moving because (laughs) <laughs> yeah because and th- this is an andyism we're moving to a new division i found it very moving seeing the players <laughs> lifting the trophy on the pitch and i'm moving house in the morning yeah i think i think that would be his word and if it wasn't his word it'd probably be barnsley or something like that <laughs> well he'd probably also tell us that it's unlike donkey kong because he says that a lot but the premier league is unlike donkey kong whatever that may be and uh, exciting times are ahead Thank you to everybody who's listened to us over the last year. It's been just over a year since we first did our uh, podcast and we couldn't have imagined that we'd be doing our last game of the season on the 23rd of July. But we are and we're up and that's all that matters and we're grateful for all of the support and we look forward to carrying this on through the close season and into the new season. Most of us do. James did a poll and 31% of you said that they wanted pissing off and leaving alone. But that's a, that's a definite minority. The will of the people is that we, they want pods. People want pods and we've got pods lined up. The people that want the pods are probably ones that are paid to go in the price draw, so we need to sort that out. It's just been an absolute whirlwind the last few weeks following the football and because the fixtures have been, have been coming thick and fast, we've just been trying to get these podcasts out but yeah we'll concentrate on that and that's the next thing we do right so we'll speak to you soon then enjoy it champions Network.